You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, investors, and welcome, Zinger Nation, to the number one morning pre-market prep show right here where we talk all about the macro, the micro, and everything in between. So do us the favor, smash that thumbs on up, hit the subscribe below, and of course, hit that bell so you get notified the moment that we go live in the morning. Today's topics, we're going to get into, of course, the sentiment for the week. We'll talk about bankruptcy out there. Tesla has a bunch of catalysts. We'll talk a little bit about Tesla. We got China stocks down today. And of course, Tim Quas will be joining us. Yes, Tim is back. So hit the like button for Market Structure Edge. We'll talk a little bit about some box office. We'll take a look at what earnings are coming up for the week. And of course, that will lead us into live trading. Stick right here on the number one morning show. And welcome to Free Market Prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, traders. Let's go ahead and bring on the real experts here. My man, Joel Conan here, stepping on in. How are we doing today? Let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit of what's going on in the futures action out there. Looks like we're back into bear. A lot of red. A lot of red. Uh, we close on Friday. Uh, for those of you thinking about testing the low of the move, well, Rarity below the low of the move. Uh, the futures are down at 92 handles, 3808.50, just 10 points off the low. So m- perhaps more work to do on the downside. Crude buckling down 183, 118.84. Gold in the red, 16 bucks, 1859.50. Same theme with silver. That's in the red, almost 30 cents at 2164. The big story, the big story of the day, down 18.14%. Bitcoin futures down $5,253.23,670. For you guys waiting for a retest of 20K, maybe just wait just a few more days. Ethereum futures, they've been leading the way on the downside, really, uh, starting last week. They're down 27% or $447 at $1,216.50. Triple D, we're getting a, we're getting well, a test of the low of the move. I just kind of wish they would have just waited a little bit, but uh, here we are. Well, uh, Triple D's a little busy. He'll be joining us in a couple seconds. He's okay. got a couple things, but let's first... Let's just do a little off-topic talk before we get deep into the markets. What about your the favorite, Mo Dongo, winning the Belmont Stakes? Very good race. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one or two New York horses that I wrote about, I picked. I picked the wrong one. I picked We the People, and uh, he went out early in the lead, and I said to Lisa, he's going to die like a pig. 
I wish you could bet in the <laughs> middle of the race. He just got out there. Mo Donegal ate him up. Good story. Uh, I didn't even. I didn't, there was a, an upset too in the Perfecta, but uh, yep, New York, uh, New York theme reigns supreme in the Belmont. I just what uh, happened I to had, Rich Strike. Rich Strike, I I left him out. I just didn't. He was a one horse that one race, man. He just caught it. He caught it early. You know that hey. Derby was just uh, an anomaly. That's why he. The fact that he um he skipped the Preakness, I was like, man, yeah. if this is a horse, a super horse, you know, they just delayed it one more. You know, they delayed the you know everyone finding out about uh um uh, finding out about the um the the true character of the horse. Of, of Ridge Strike, but it took until the Belmont. But people want to talk stonks, man. All right, and, let's get into we gotta, stonks. We got to go. Talk. First, let's talk a little bit about the crypto news out there right now. So Shoo. in crypto news, of course, the fallout has been stocked. Bitcoin dropping about 12% throughout the weekend, uh, trading below 25,000. Where are we at now? What are we looking at? Well, I'm looking at the futures, and they're twenty three six ninety five. Okay. So I, I like to keep, yeah, yeah, twenty three seven. I'm not sure how much that trades off the cash, but I'm now, sure here's, it's pretty darn close to here's that. Some, here's some red flag again coming into the cryptocurrency um, now. Crypto uh, lending platform Celsius uh, Network has suspended withdrawals and transfers. Um, so this is definitely not going to be good for. Uh, kind of the confidence out there. You know, of course, we had the whole Luna debacle. Um, now we're having some more platforms struggling exactly when you don't want the platform struggling, right, Joel? I mean, when you when you want to get out, you want to be able to get out. And I there think this know. is causing some, definitely some worry in Bitcoin. Um, a lot of people, you know, love to compare uh, these coins to Ponzi schemes. So, this is not what you want to see as confidence if you're a cryptocurrency trader on out there. Well, the number one thing was is it was supposed to be a, an inflation hedge, a, a safe haven, right? And mm -hmm. now at a, at a time when, well, first of all, you know, you have the rapid inflation. It's not reacting to that. But it's basically you can't get your money out. So that was one of my you know, biggest concerns with Bitcoin is was my money safe? Could I get my money out? Could I sell? And when I the couple of trades I did in crypto a long time ago, when you know the thing went from like six, seven thousand to twenty thousand, and I'm like, I want I wanted to log in. And it was like, you know, just the the spinning wheel. So I, I don't know what happened with that exchange, but the worst possible thing is when and, you know, it's like a run on the bank, right? You can't get your money out. And, uh, yeah. you know, so that's what happens. We'll we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, you know, 20000 is from where, you, you know, you broke out from. Down 18000 um, You know, if you're long and you're doing, you know, the buy the dip thing and you're continuing to do it and that's your strategy, then, then go right ahead. But, uh, you know, when you can't get your money out, when you need it most, boom, boom. And, uh, you know, the stocks related to this, I know that MSTR, I mean, uh, that yeah, all, all, these, all the Bitcoin stocks just getting crumbled. And and this is where I, I, I could see some of them even going back to like penny stocks like Mara and Hut. And they're just they're not turning around anytime soon, at least from what we're seeing. MSTR still having the, the most value. Right. And so that's probably the one that still has some room to the downside, you could say. Um, but. It doesn't look like it wants to turn around anytime soon. You know, what's interesting see. with these stocks is that, um, you know, when crypto had its intermediate rallies, like from 30,000 to 40,000, you know, nice pops, like, hey, we're getting a retracement. These things just didn't have the same kind of move. You know, they, they probably they appreciated some, but they just, you know, it was like there was just new, no interest in them. And so, whether that that was a uh, you know that 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 was a you know a, a great sign to trade off for Bitcoin, but uh, what it was, Mara MSTR? I, what did they talk about? Seventeen thousand where they they get hit with the margin call that's something like that. I'm uh, um, I can't remember what uh, what it said in the article, but um, not good, not good. Yeah. I just uh, just just be careful out there with these things and NFTs. I mean Ethereum has. Ethereum has been your key. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, Bitcoin uh, turn down or, you know, per, turn around, make a rally, wait for Ethereum to do it because that broke down at the end of last week. And 
you know, Bitcoin was still, ha- you know, hanging around 30,000. In fact, well, it opened lower last night. So there you are. Uh, good volume, too, in the futures compared to uh, the previous days. All right, let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit about coming into this week. There's a lot on the radar out there, so we need to pay attention to see what happens. Um, But the sentiment, of course, going into the week is going to be all looking forward towards uh, two things, I would say. Uh, Of course, we got the FOMC that will be meeting on Wednesday this week to determine an extremely important interest rate decision there. Um, Of course, we'll be watching that. But then we also have what? None other than the Quad Witch Friday uh, coming on up here. And um, I can explain what quad witching is, Joe. I don't know if you want to try to explain it for us. Go in, ahead. Go ahead. I term. Do. So yeah. I, I wanted to kick kind of more of a definition here for new traders that probably just don't know what quad witching is. They're like, what? Quad witching on Friday? Well, the, the term quad witching refers to a date in which certain derivatives, all, all these contracts, they expire at the same time simultaneously and this is very important because now you'll be getting four different types of contracts stock index futures stock index options stock options and single stock futures all expiring at once this only occurs four times a year and it's the third friday of march june september and december and as we know we're coming on up there towards june and um hey we're going to keep watching. There's usually some fireworks, right, Joel? Yeah, uh, they're, they're turning points. A lot of times they're major turning points uh, in the markets. Uh, right now, we hope it's, uh, you know, it's a turning point to the upside. But uh, with all those, uh, you know, positions being unwound, uh, also like during COVID, you know, getting into the fancy uh, uh, option turns, the gamma unwind uh, creates uh, some unusual volatility too. Uh, it's real. I mean, the true form is really a triple witch because the single stock futures never really made it. I mean, they're still in existence, but just like the some people do trade them. Uh, they never caught on uh, like that, you know, uh, like they wanted to. So it's pri- primarily the stock index futures, the stock index options, and uh, as well as the um, the individual stock index options, and then the ones on the indexes. And also, it it it, it for money managers and uh, you know bigger market participants. You know, it it's it's kind of like decision time. It's it's like, do we roll these you know losing futures positions over or? Do we not? Do we let the contracts expire? A uh, lot of fireworks on the on the open on Monday, and then of course uh, there's a lot on the close. And you know when Dennis comes on later, when he talks about you know trading imbalances, um, you know closing imbalances and opening imbalances, uh, these are re- these are the days where um, it matters most. So uh, you'll see some very unusual activity on on Thursday and Thursday night in the in the futures, and then you get the uh, the expiration. So um, got you set up for the week. I mean, the week is already defined here. We came in, we came in. We the former low of the move was at thirty eight ten, and they had no problem taking it there. They took it down to thirty seven ninety eight and a quarter. Under that, I mean, I could give you some intermediate support levels that are going back. You guys don't want to hear this, but this is going back to March of uh, March of twenty one or early March of twenty one is uh, some of the lows. We're not we're not talking uh, we're not talking about the um, <laughs> we're not talking about the COVID lows yet, but uh, we're definitely uh, at back at those March of twenty one lows, and uh, we'll see if we can get a turnaround with uh, with the quad witch. What the Fed has to say, maybe we'll dial up um, blue. See if we can dial up blue and uh, Pumpman well, from the CME. Of course, we're gonna dial up blue. You know that, Joe. But you know who we're also gonna dial up. None other than my man Dennis Dick. What's up, dude? How we doing? Holy, Good this is one of those days, man. I'm having some bad luck right now, but Ooh, is what it man. is. Damage control. Oh, Joel. I hey. mean, I came in today short. I was bearish, and I'm somehow losing money. So I'm just in the wrong stocks today. But That's and you know, this isn't a long term account. I'm talking the trading account, but I kind of had a feeling it was going to be follow through. Call it right. Short stocks, and somehow. I'm losing money, but it's just one of those days where I'm literally getting hit on every piece of news and there's not that much, but it seems like it's one of those days. So anyways, we all have those days 
what do you do when you know it's not your day? You work out of the damage control and you regroup and that's it. I mean, as a trader, they can't all work out your way. Sometimes you're on the wrong side of bad news. It's just the way it is. So anyways, yeah, so fun times here. But I mean, look at this market and we've got, you know, put it in perspective first. S&P 380, that's the number, the number of the day. We bounced there already this morning. It's the low of the move, 380.54. So that's the good news. The bad news is there's just, you know, a pile of stocks that are down way the hell more than 2%. I'm trying to figure it out today how SPY is only down 2% because the majority of stocks, and yes, there is some stocks only down 2%, but I'm looking across the screen, you know, Google's down 2.8, Microsoft 2.4, Apple 2.9. I mean, those are all more, but then you can go into the other ones like Nvidia's down 5.5, Tesla's down 4.1 on the 3 for 1 stocks, but AMD down 4.3. Pile of stocks down 4 or 5% today. So 2%, believe it or not, is a gift, really. It feels like only being down on the SPY because I feel like the SPY should be down more for where the stocks are. So it is what it is. I mean, they're going to buy it at the 380 SPY support a little bit here first time around. Maybe, maybe you find some buyers there. But this is just the market. After that CPI data on Friday, and you knew when we were talking with the CPI data that we were like in a little bit of shock that you know it's getting worse. And it's not showing help at all. And the market is readjusting for all of this. So, I mean, I think rallies are still to be sold. I think the market could go a hell of a lot lower yet overall. But, I mean, nobody really knows. You're kind of just throwing darts. I mean, we've priced in a lot of bad stuff. If they can get inflation in check, the market could start ticking higher here again too. So, I don't want to be all cash. I don't want to be all stock. Um, But it's a tricky market. All right. So I want to do add some details here for the sentiment of the week and then kind of what we're going into here on Monday. So um, I know that t- not that many people pay attention to this, but, you know, the two year Treasury yield rose by 15 basis points to 3.2, um, reaching its highest level since 2007. Uh, the two year rate also traded above its 10 year counterpart uh, since the first time since April. Uh, yield curve inversion, which has been referred to as an indicator for recession. And then also the University of Michigan's gauge of consumer sentiment fell sharply to a record low reading of 50.2, down from a May reading of 58.4. The expected was a reading of 59. And so you can see there, uh, definitely not going not going in the wrong or in the right direction. And this is the highest level uh, since 2008. So um, this is not what you wanted to be seeing there. Um, and also uh, consumer sentiment there. So you can see everything kind of pointing into the wrong direction. Right I get now. zero weight to all of that. So consumer sentiment, <laughs> if you're looking at those for indicators to trade, Late. you're wasting your time. We're absolutely yeah, time. I, I don't think they're trading. No, I think it's important but, you to mention it because yeah. everybody on CNBC mentions consumer sentiment and all this crap. It's it's all just a waste of your time looking and reading all that stuff. You you can get out there and you can feel consumer sentiment for yourself. That's I true. mean, we can see what is happening here. You know, the real world, what is happening. And the demand destruction, which hasn't shown up too much in the numbers yet, has for the automotives, is coming. I mean, there, there, there's, you know, when the rates are going from this, you know, banker calls me last week, got a 3.75% one, you know, I, we talked about this 3.75% for one year. Then the banker says, don't take it. It's going to be 4.75% next, next week. You know, like when you start talking four or 5% on guaranteed money from the government, the stock market is going to take a hit because you're, you know, it's long run stock market, eight, 9%, maybe. Mm-hmm. You want to go and take risk on in this market to pick up three, four points? I mean, you got to start analyzing it. That's the, the trade. The Tina trade, there is no alternative, is dead. There is an alternative now. There's and that alternative up. is showing up as these rates continue to go higher. That alternative continues to show up. So right now, cash is king. The crypto's all crap. The stocks, you know, for the most part are crap right now too. There's going to be a buying opportunity. There is some good stocks out there. If you're 100% cash, I would nibble in. Um, I would start nibbling because I think it's. I think eventually you're going to have a rip roaring rally here. But to be the hero and say this is the bottom or 3,800, 3,400, all these analysts, you know, calling it out all the time. Oh yeah, they're price targets. They don't know anything, man. None of these people have a crystal ball. They're doing projections and they say, well, if the S&P trades 17 times and we take the forward earnings projections, we forward out to, you know, a projection of this. It's nothing to do with any <laughs> of that. 
There's no traders doing that crap, and it's run by traders. It's all just short-term supply and demand is what's moving. Right now, oh, there's a de-risking man. going on because everybody and their grandma was in stocks, making and killing it in 2020, killing it in 2021, and they're getting killed in 2022. And it's deserved because a lot of these valuations that people were paying were absurd. So this is the de-risking of the markets. You are seeing the deleveraging effects happen here right in front of you. You'll read about this in the history books, you know, 10, 15 years from now, but we are in another full bear market. Don't kid yourself. I don't care if the S&P is not officially down 20%. It's been a bear market for a long time. So stop listening to analysts that have no idea what they're doing and saying, well, Mike Wilson says it's going to 3,400. It's got to go to 3,400. Nobody knows. I, Mike Wilson, good guy. Nobody knows where it's going. Nobody knows. So you've got to know your own situation and say, we've come off on a lot of stocks, 40, 50%. Some of those are deserved. Some of those are not. By good companies at reasonable valuations going forward, and you know, then you can go from there. But as a day trader here to just say, this is the bottom, I'm going to go all in at 380 because we're going to double bottom here. You better have a contingency plan. You better be getting out at 379. Stops are key. I think the Tina thing, I just think the Tina thing is really, yeah, it's just, there there was no alternative. And, and now, and we talk about this too, what, you know, what is, what is your time horizon? You know, what if you're, you know, someone like Mitch or maybe, you know, perhaps, uh, you know, young people with a younger demographics, it's a whole different thing, but you know, there's a lot of people that, Hey, I'm just going to retire off my Google. You know, that's all I'm gonna, that's all I ever need. I'll just sell a little bit of that at a time. So, just depends on your on your time horizon. It's hard to you know put more money to work um, in this environment. And the other thing too is like you got the bad news on the CPI data, right? It's kind of like Microsoft coming out. Like Microsoft came out a couple of weeks ago, and they told you that they weren't going to have a great quarter. And still the stock rallied. Well, the stock market told you on Friday that inflation is not not getting better. In fact, it's getting worse. And now we're going to have to wait another month, right? Another month away before we get that new data. I know, you know, Powell can come out and say things and, you know, the hearings. And, you know, now now you're going to hear the next mantra, the next headline, if you want to anticipate headlines, is <laughs> someone's going to go, we got to go three quarters in September. Yeah, I've talked you about know? that and, way and, before they talked about that, yeah. Joel. You remember? Yeah, they you always were... go. Yeah, they always go back and forth. We got to go three quarters. So everyone called me crazy for bringing that up. I, I think you're going to start hearing more and more mentions of that. But uh, as soon I, as you got that CPI data, that was eight point six. You know, this Fed's not backing down. They can't. They so can't. we need to see to. it in the sevens. That was yeah. we 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 talked we talked about this on the show for two weeks nope. ahead of it and saying it's going to be one thing or another. If it comes in line, I thought the market would sell off. If it came in hot, which it did, we said it was going to tank. And if it came in light at the sevens, it was going to rally. I mean, yeah. we didn't. We came in hot again. Everything yeah, the Fed has like... done so far has not shown up in, the, in, in curbing inflation whatsoever yet. It will work, but it's mm-hmm. taking time. And, you know, how much time that takes, that's to be known, too. There's still stuff going on out there. You know, the demand destruction, which will occur, is slow. I mean, it's it's not like all of a sudden everybody stopped doing things. There's still lots going on. People still driving cars despite paying twice as much for gas. There's oh. still stuff going on. But eventually the consumer will get strapped. First thing you do is they start borrowing more to pay their bills. At a certain point in time, they can't borrow more. You know, no yeah. more credit card debt. And we've seen that from Zero Hedge, you know. And we've seen that, you know, in, in yep. credit card debt is going up huge right now because people are trying to pay their bills. They're so borrowing from wherever they can. When they exhaust all those, that's when the real demand destruction starts. So, I mean, to come in here and say this is the bottom, we haven't even exhausted. People haven't been stretched yet. We've had rates up for a month and a half. It's early, folks. It's early, folks. Yep, and it just shows you that um, especially it's sticky, right? Especially things like rent. Uh, Rent is not going down anytime soon, at least of what it seems like out there. I don't know if you guys are seeing rent changing out here, but uh, even in places like North Carolina, you know, rent is still expensive relative to certain areas. I can't imagine places like, let's say, Miami or New York. uh, The prices must be completely outrageous. We'll see how the stickiness affects. Let's change gears. Let's go into a little bit here into bankruptcy talk. It has started, guys. Uh, Revlon here, REV, preparing to file Chapter 11 (laughs) 
bankruptcy and this is not a good sign at all um it's it's already uh filing chapter 11 bankruptcy protection as early as next week according to the wall street journal um so i think this is just a sign of what could be to come we have not seen hardly any bankruptcies and no it's, it's when the last time we haven't been seeing any so this is just getting started. This bankruptcy party is just getting started. You can go through. There's going to be a pile of these nosebleed EV stocks that are going to go under. Believe me, it's going to happen. So, I mean, Revlon, maybe one that's been dying for a long time, not going to get a lot of headlines. But it's just the start. There's going to be a lot of this happening. You know, this is what's going on around us. This is why, you know, people are saying, you know, that the stock market doesn't make any sense. It makes perfect sense here. This is what had to occur. The Fed is making this happen, and it needs to happen. So there's going to be a lot of little companies that are going to suffer through here. And it's just getting started. You're going to start seeing these bankruptcies pop up all the time. And I'm not telling you to come in here and sell all your stocks. So I want to be clear here. I'm trying to say is if you've been, you know, just buying the dip relentlessly, buying the dip, and they're going to come back, know that that doesn't have to happen. It's all about your own personal situation. But like I said, if you were sitting there, somebody in the chat said they're 100% cash. Well, I don't know if I'd be 100% cash here. We've come off. So you just got to know your own situation. You know, what kind of your time horizon, what kind of risk you can take on. You know, for me, I've been 40 to 50% cash for a long time here. Now, I haven't really put too much more to work. I started putting a little bit more to work, which was a mistake. Every time you buy something, it pretty much is a mistake. So, I mean, we're just in this situation where you got to know your own, you know, what your own personal finance situation is. So, but this is not this to to, to get back to all time highs. Again, I'm going to say it. The analysts that are saying we're going to make new all time highs by the end of the year. I can't, I can't imagine the scenario to do that. War stops maybe in Ukraine and we get inflation checked. Maybe it's possible, but are we just going back to buying the S&P 27 times earnings, Joel? I mean, no, that's what it was no. at the high, 26, just, 27 times. And it's it's just a whole different market structure too this time. You know, last time everyone was, everyone was good, man. Everyone was in the green. Like why, you know, now... Now there's going to be just overhead supply. And we just talk about that, you know, all the time and probably over you maybe overuse the term, but they're, they're just people. Hey, if Microsoft gets back to 270, you know, you know, if Apple gets back to 150, yeah. I mean, it's just a whole, it's a whole different psychology. And uh, we there's got a so little many bit. bag holders. Everybody's holding bags here. Yep. I'm holding bags and some stocks too. I mean, there's so many bag holders that, oh, please give me my rally. Keep, please give my money back. I'll never buy a stock again. And, you know, we've been in an environment that, you know, a lot of times those bags, you know, were lifted. 2000, 2020 bailed out everyone. 2021 was bailing out people too. And not getting bailed out this time. A lot of these stocks are never, ever, ever coming back. And a lot of them are going to zero. So a lot of these cryptocurrencies are going to zero. I'm telling you, they're going to zero. Not Bitcoin, maybe not Ethereum, but there's a probably a, a whole pile of them that aren't worth anything. So, you know, this diver again, this diversified crypto portfolio, which I was telling you about this last week, that's just the worst way to play it. I think you buy, if you really love crypto, you buy your Bitcoin or Ethereum or maybe your couple of main ones. But you start going and buying 25, 30 of these things, you're almost guaranteed to lose, in my opinion, because there's going to be so many that are worthless. So, I mean, it's not like those are companies that are cash flows. There's going to be a place for some crypto, but to come in here and buy them all and say, well, eventually all crypto is going up. It's not going to happen. This isn't the stock market. It's not on the cryptos. You know, I think Bitcoin has a place. I do believe that Bitcoin has some value. That is not a zero, but there's a lot of these cryptocurrencies that are. All right, let's go ahead. Let's transition here, guys. It's uh, 8.28 in a few minutes. We'll be having on Tim Quas. Stick around, guys, for that. Let's go ahead. Let's get into some Tesla talk. There's a lot to talk about with Tesla. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is let's let's go towards the first one that was given out. Uh, this was on Friday. Um, so they filed an annual proxy statement with the SEC revealing plans for a three to one stock split here. Um, and let me give the other kind of headlines and then we can talk about the Tesla overall. Uh, Tesla also got an Indonesia invite to set a massive EV factory up. Um, so this is interesting because, of course, um, if you know kind of this, this area, Asian countries are known for their mineral resources, which could come in handy for Tesla and for manufacturing batteries. And then also the other headline that was on out there is that Tesla's firing Singapore country manager after Elon Musk warns of job cuts. So uh, 
looks like somebody got part of that cut, that salary headcount by 10%. So um, Tesla lots down, of individual companies. So on Friday night, they dropped the they dropped the news that they're doing the three for one stock split, and the stock mm-hmm. rallies 25 points on it. Another gift. You gotta be if you're in these stocks, you gotta be selling into rallies, especially in the nosebleed valuations ones, because it just works. Sell the rip again in 2022 has worked better than buy the dip ever has. So I mean, again, people rewarded just you know immediately. You won't see it on the chart there, or maybe you do see it on the chart here, Joel. Yeah, you can see it from Friday night. Went up to like 718 Friday night on the news that we all knew they were doing a split. They already had talked about it. It wasn't new news. And they rally at 20 bucks on that headline. And then they start to leak it a little bit. And then obviously over the weekend, the crypto carnage and everything just collapses. And now we're down 4%. So Tesla announces three, four in stocks, but cash is an upgrade from RBC is still down 4% today. So tough day, lots of positive news. Again, the email, there was an email uh, that was coming that didn't help it as well um, with Musk saying that if thought it was a challenging quarter, whether that's true or not, I don't know. Uh, but just expensive cars. I mean, cars, they're, they're not, they're a car maker. They're not immune to people saying, I don't know a little bit strapped for cash. Maybe I'm not buying a new car. Yeah. Uh, Andy, uh, I mean, here's a stock that's actually t- benefited a little bit on, on uh, Friday by an upgrade, right? And uh, I just, you know, for you guys that are trading this, uh, you know, short term, you know, bad market, you got the upgrade. I talked about like filling the gaps and this thing does do it. You had a, you had a low of 1798 on Thursday. And a close in 1912, a quick pump. I mean, they got that thing up to 1850. So, uh, you know, today, 8374, that's certainly not out of the realm of possibilities if you're trying to get out of the mark, especially, you know, this is thinner stock the way it trades. Um, on the dailies here, you don't have much to lean on at all. Uh, you, your next daily low comes into play at uh, 653.66. And this hasn't even taken out the low of the move yet. That's like the 620.57. So a big part of the S&P, trading with the S&P, S&P, Tesla, low of the move. Let's see if that's in store for Tesla over the next couple of days. That's the All big right. number there. I think the Tesla could, well, I don't know. They got the email. So you got you know the upgrade, three for one, pushing it higher would be the facts. And then you got the email of pushing it down. And then you got the overall market pushing it down. Nobody it's hard to say. I, I do agree. 620, 625. I mean, that's huge support down there. So we'll see what happens. I mean, where are we talking? It's almost cut in half, right? Uh-huh. $1,243 to six. But I mean, the valuation here, people will say, Still oh, the Tesla. Yeah. I mean, we're not in Kansas anymore here. You want to pay 100 times earnings for a stock? No, thank you. Yeah. And another thing to keep in mind, right? And we'll talk a little bit about this with the Chinese stocks when we get into that next um, after Tim. But I think it's important to keep in mind that they mentioned that they were having issues when they were locked down. And now we're seeing re-lockdowns that could further affect Tesla, right? In Shanghai and further affect their production numbers that are coming out of Shanghai. So I'd be paying attention to that, but we'll see what happens right now. Tesla, to me, if it can come back through that 688 level, um, I don't know why I have that so so prominent or 700 today. Okay, then maybe we get a little bit of a bounce. But right now, it's looking like it wants to head through the 650s. We'll see what happens. Um, let's go ahead. Uh, looks like we'll be getting Tim in just a couple of minutes here. He should be joining on in here. Um, we can talk a little bit. Let, let's talk a quick topic here. Um, it isn't too much stock related, but why not? Uh, box office tickets that are coming in. Jurassic World domination tops the domestic box office. Let's take a look at AMC with this one. Uh, Top Gun adds $50 million in its third week. I don't know if you guys are big Top Gun fans or Jurassic World fans. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Jurassic World fan, but I don't think I'm going to the movies anytime soon. But I did see the local movie theater because I went to go pick up a pizza. And it was slammed. It like, and that's the word that I'll use slammed with people. Like, it was like everything sold out. So, I don't know if the movies are coming back into favor. The chat, I'll, I'll leave that up to you guys, but I'll throw it to Joel Conan and Dennis here. People uh, still want to do stuff. There's still people, like I said, the, the consumer is not that strapped yet. It's just starting. So, I mean, if we get, you know, and ugly enough, there people stop going out to eat. There'll be people stop going to the movies. That stuff will stop if it gets ugly enough, but that's cheap entertainment. 
movies are still cheap entertainment. Let's go do something. Let's go to the movies. It's cheap entertainment. People haven't been doing that for two years with COVID, especially in Canada. I mean, movie theaters were closed a year ago in Canada. So, I mean, different countries, different things. I, I'm, I'm not surprised that we're still seeing people want to do stuff. It's still busy out there. There's stuff going on. But it's the big ticket stuff that gets hit first. And that's why we've been saying with the automotive makers, didn't like those. AMC, I mean, you can't do anything on valuation, so you can't really even talk fundamentals on it. Did a good movie drive it up? Yeah, but then the Top Gun was up that day, and then it just sold right back. Yeah, right here. It's not even getting a response to this movie here this morning. It's down 5%. I mean, how do you trade this stock on fundamentals? You can't. This is all sentiment. You know, if GameStop starts going, then AMC starts going too. So... It's its own animal. It does its own thing. I wouldn't worry about fundamentals in the stock. Opening into a pair of lows here, uh, you did have a pair of lows after you had that run up on uh, uh, following the Top Gun movie. So pair of lows at eleven eighty. Your pre market low right in that area as well. Of course, uh, resistance would be uh, at twelve oh seven. You could easily get a gap fill in that one. That was Friday's low, and I'm sure a lot of people would like to see Friday's close at. Uh, 1243. Haven't looked at GameStop in a while and traded down seven bucks. <laughs> Things are kind of well, you're three lows in one area. If you if you think you want to take it, uh, let's call it 116 next support level for GameStop. How do we get to well, GameStop on that? I guess I brought it there. AMC. Yeah, yeah, it's always, they do. It's always they relatable. Do. Come on, come on. All right, so before <laughs> Tim Quas kills me too much for talking about AMC and GME here, let's go ahead. Let's bring on my man here, Tim Quas, the founder and CEO of Modern IR and Market Structure Edge. I'm super excited to get my first, and I can't wait to play it because got to go ahead and play it up here. Market Structure Monday. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow. I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, all right. Let's go ahead. Let's bring on Tim. How are we doing, Tim? That wasn't much. That was I, just uh, what happened there. He got cut off. It, it was, no, it was, was there. but it was well done, Mitch. I thought that was a, that was a very excellent uh, microstructure Monday rendition. Got Good you, to got see you. you. Got to bring the energy. It's Monday, right? <laughs> it's Monday, Monday comes the energy. I was, I like to say, you know, a lot of people look towards the weekend. But if you're a trader, you look forward towards the Mondays, and I think that's important. Let's get at it. Um, what are you seeing on out there right now, Tim? I, I always hate it when the weekend comes along and interrupts my work. It's uh, <clears throat> yeah, it really interrupts the flow. Uh, addicted to the markets, <laughs> so, as I like to say. Addicted to the markets. Well, and, and I'm sorry I missed you guys last week. I I really wanted to 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 uh, to do market structure Monday from Jackson Hole, but uh, uh, the 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 weather interrupted our our carefully laid plans, and we had to had to change our departure to go to Yellowstone. So we had to mm, leave a little uh, extra fun leave, time, right? We had to leave really early, so I had to skip it with apologies. <clears throat> so what are we? Well, I, I I what have you been talking about this morning? Is it is it Bitcoin? Okay. Is it the S and P five hundred opening in bear territory? Is it uh, the you know the the five-year 
The five-year treasury is at 3.4, 10 years at 3.3. <clears throat> I mean, there are all kinds of those factors, which, you know, I pay some attention to, certainly. Uh, to, but that's not how, that, that's not the piece of the puzzle that market structure brings. I, I listened to uh, Katie Stockton from Fairlead Strategies. She's a great technician. I, you know, that's, uh, Joel, you're probably a pretty good technician. I don't, I don't know that stuff, support and resistance. That's not what I pay attention to. Uh, to me, the, the, the piece of the puzzle that we can bring is how is it possible for everything to be fine and then all of a sudden the market just deteriorates, just implodes? And, and then we say, well, you know, people were shocked by the inflation figure, 8.6% instead of 8.3%. I don't know how you could have been shocked. I mean, <laughs> they, we know that these conditions exist. So th that is not the, 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 the whole of the explanation, Mitch. So if to, it's a long-winded answer, but here's my answer to how these things happen. Uh, the, part of it is market structure, the rules that govern the way that the market works. And there are flaws in it. Anyone, whoever remains, can set the price. So when, when everything's going great and stocks are rising and Bitcoin is rising, uh, there comes a, a point where it's a bridge too far. The problem is, what is the bridge too far? Nobody knows. Everybody will chase things until suddenly at some point there is no, there is no, there's no other bridge. <laughs> and, and then the action stops. And then what happens? Well, whoever remains in the market gets to determine the outcome. Well, who is that? Well, the, you know, the, the, the last party to leave are, are high-speed traders, high-frequency traders, and, and anyone can set the price. It's very important traders, uh, so listen to this very carefully, to understand that the way that the market works does not necessarily reflect the sentiments of investors. You, know, you could be sitting on your positions and not selling a thing just like everybody else around you, and the, and the NASDAQ will go down 300 points. How is that possible? Well, it's possible because of the mechanics of the market where short-term machines that set the bid and the offer, will uh, they can trade. They don't rely on someone else being there to trade. They can do it on their own. They have their own proprietary strategies. They can manufacture stock. Uh, they can see all the information globally. They trade globally. They know what's happening in Brazil at the same time that they know what's happening in Europe or in the U.S. All of those things are interconnected. So you can't depend on economic signals, fundamental signals. Uh, all of those things are their important inputs. I'm not dismissing them, but it's why market structure matters. This, you know, and I, I'm certainly I'm biased. I believe that this is an important part of the puzzle, but that's what occurs. So then, what do you do to defend yourself? There, you, should, you should be very aware of when it's a good time to trade and when it's not. And those are things that are mathematically measurable. I, I will, I will it'll sound like self-congratulation, but we were telling edge users all last week, look, broad sentiment is now above the red line. It's above 6.0. We know that when it gets to 6.5, it's just a read of demand. It's a bridge. It is the bridge too far. Once you've crossed the bridge too far, you now know that the probability, I've run these probabilities. When, when broad sentiment is above 6.5, and I'll show you traders what I mean, uh, the, over the last 18 months, the market has declined between 4 and 5%. So the probability is a loss. If the data are telling you there is a probability of a loss, why would you trade? Well, it's the hardest thing for human nature. You've just had five or six great trades and you've made a bunch of money and you're thinking, well, I'll just do one more. I'll be fine with just one more. And then the bottom drops out. So you have to stop before you get to the bridge too far. It's not more complicated than that, but you can't depend on, on your rationality, your emotions. You, have, you really do have to rely on math. And I think that's where market structure can help you. Well, um, I'm sure everybody's asking, um, and that's where we were. Now, where are we now? Um, so let's go ahead. Let's take a look at market structure edge here and see what we're going to right now. Um, it's, it's definitely interesting. Um, to, and, I, and I like how you, you noticed that 
Um, it's important to know when to hit the gas and break. I think that's the most important thing as a trader. And right. definitely market structure edge can definitely help in that sense. Uh, it can. There's no perfect tool, but it does reflect these rules that govern how different uh, market behaviors come and go. And that's what matters here. So when I said uh, broad market sentiment, that's what I'm referring to. So if you're in, as edge use, as the hashtag edge mob knows, this is the dashboard. This is where this is what I look at every morning. And the point here isn't to isn't to uh, it's to it's to help you become a better trader. That is the point, and I will use the tools that I'm familiar with. You know, there other folks will be familiar with other things. So broad market sentiment is merely a way to understand the heat of the market. And the market tends to trade between four point. It's just a normalized 10-point scale. So we take these inputs that are the reasons people buy and sell, including high-speed trading, which we call fast trading. There's passive investment from indexes, ETFs, and, and quants. There's stock picking. There are people who trade derivatives. Those are the four big inputs, and they create a read, a heat map of what is occurring in the market. So when broad sentiment gets above this red line, let me zoom this in. It's just, it's just a mathematical read again, but it's been a very good indicator. This was true back in March. When broad sentiment rose above the red line, we were concerned that the market would go down. And son of a gun, it did. This is, the, this is SPY. And when it gets below, when the green part gets below four, then there's a high probability that the market is bottomed. And it's just human nature. There is fear and greed. At some point, somebody up here will say, well, this is a bridge too far. And then somehow over in here, somebody will say, well, they go by. <laughs> and so we, how do you know? Well, you, you know, how do you know? Well, this is as good a way as we've ever found to know. So when broad sentiment brought, got up here above 6.0 and then above seven, we thought, hmm, that is a, <laughs> the likelihood that the market goes down is very high. Then look at the supply side. That's the next graph down here. This is short volume. So here's the trend line. And look at the supply side. It was skyrocketing. So what happens if everybody doesn't advance to the next bridge and you have all this excess supply? The market is going to fall apart. Well, you can actually see those things in advance. It's not perfect, but it's not guesswork. It is actual math that says, okay, the supply-demand equation is not great here. And so when that condition exists, you want to stop. And I'll give you one other little thing here that we observed. We, we put two key portfolios on, the, on the, dash, the dashboards of edge users. One is big and stable. This is the stuff that you should do when the market is volatile. And uh, there are only four companies in it, and it's being led by fast trading. So machines are setting the price. They're much smarter, and they want to fool you, and there are only four. When there are double-digit numbers in that portfolio, then you know you have a lot of opportunity to trade volatile markets. So right there, say, well, don't even – even that's not very good. Then we go down to momentum, which is the exact opposite behavior. So you have – Low volatility, can we just trade things that won't move a whole lot, but will do better than the market? Or can we do trade things that will outperform the market? And that's momentum. Well, there are only three in it led by the same behavior. So if there's nothing in momentum and nothing in big and stable, then you shouldn't be in the market. It's not more complicated than that. And it's just really difficult for us as human beings to say, no, I'm just going to accept what the math tells me and sit this out until these things improve. That's at what, what point, At what Go point, ahead. Tim, I mean, and now obviously we know if we get these two serious sell-off days in a row, bang, bang, Yep. everything obviously changes. At what point do you start nibbling back in here? Like, you know, so obviously you just wait until it starts yep. to turn. Like, like show us on your charts where at what point, because there's so many people, I, I get this every day, you get this big yep. sell-off, what are you buying, what are you buying, what are you buying? I'm right. just curious, you know, what, you know, at what point you do you start nibbling in here? Well, four things to me matter. Okay. Uh, so number one, uh, the, the broad market sentiment, the demand side of the equation has to come back down toward four and preferably below. How long will that take? Well, I would say uh, it's the other side of number two, context, options expirations. Options expire Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. Leaps expire on Friday. That's a pretty big deal. When you have a lot of volatility, people are going to have lost money. There's round two of the Russell rebalances. 
next Monday, a week from today, next Market Structure Monday, there will be new options trading. That could be a great day, could be a terrible day. It depends on whether people come back to reset things. So there's number one, does this come down? And also the supply side needs to come down. Number two, the context. Are there options expiring? Are there important things going on? Number three, do we see in supply in big and stable? Is there a return of, does this jump to double digits? If it goes from four to 10, then I know I could trade a volatile market. If momentum goes from three to 15, now I know there are a lot of momentum opportunities and I'm going to isolate those, those uh, best ones. But that's it. What's broad sentiment? What's context? What's big and stable? What's momentum? And if those signals aren't there, then you just wait. You just have to sit on your hands until they change. So going back with the history, with the options expiration, I know mm -hmm. we've had some extra, you know, volatilities uh, yep. with uh, with the gamma unwind and things like that of that nature. So yep. when when like to anticipate, you know, the you know the unwind or the expiration on Friday, do you follow? Mm -hmm. I mean, do you just do you follow the sentiment going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or for you just just go with that the Thursday reading? And, uh, you know, as far as the indications for uh, Friday's activity. Uh, there, the, if the market is down, well, it's already been down pretty sharply. Correct. <laughs> so if, if there's a big drop ahead of expirations, there will be a temptation for traders to try to chase prices of options up. And I'll explain what I mean. So and, and you options traders know this better than me, but options have time decay. So the closer they get to expiration, the cheaper they get. So it makes it possible for traders with some muscle to go around and buy up heavily time decayed options and then buy the underlying equities maybe on Wednesday, maybe on Thursday and try to move the market. Uh, it's a dangerous gambit, but you should, you should realize that that, that that opportunity and that risk both exist. I would look at it this way, Joel. When I see this kind of, of convergence between the supply side and the demand side, I don't see how that fixes itself till we're out of expirations. So I'm going to be very, very cautious. These, see these little uh, green squares here? Those indicate the historical points where options expired. Monthlies, month end. Monthlies, mo this, this, sometimes they're split into two weeks and month end. And you can see that each time this has been very, this, this is the only time where it wasn't volatile, but it was a shallow bottom and it fooled everybody, fooled everybody. And, and uh, that was a challenging period here. We had a really strong at right at options expirations. Everybody chased prices. That was a pretty good entry point, but uh, notice how quickly it deteriorated. See these, the same thing. If, if the, if sentiment jumps above the red line and supply jumps way up, look, you should get out. And that's where we are right now. We have very high demand, but it's falling. It's got a long way to get back to five, which is just even. And then the supply side is it's extreme levels. 49% of all trading volume in the S&P 500 is coming from borrowed or created stock. The market is almost half short. So without demand, it's going to go down further. I just find that I, I wouldn't touch that. Joel, I don't want to be near that. Okay, good. That's what I want to hear from you. <laughs> All right. So the last question, of course, is there anything to trade, right? Is there anything on out there? And right. uh, just to give a, a little insight later uh, this week, guys, on Wednesday, June 15th, we'll be having the Benzinga Boot Camp, and uh, I'm going to do my best to host that. So stick around, guys. We'll have Tim on there. Um, what's what's looking good out there, Tim? Yeah, it, it, uh, I think it's 1035 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. I will take you okay. through in some detail how to understand good entries and exits just using supply and demand. You don't have to know I'm on charts, over, guys. Dibonacci's, don't have to know any of that. Just supply and demand. Well, I'll tell you, Mitch, uh, as, I, as we said in, in, in the, our market desk note, I have a very difficult time finding anything that is good. I could point to two deal stocks that for some inexplicable reason are trading at significant discounts. And I don't know. I said in the note, we, it, it deserves some, some research, but I could look at Citrix and Rogers Corp. Both of Citrix is, is, uh, is uh, being taken private by private equity. Why is it at a big discount? I don't know. 
Uh, Rogers Corp being bought by DuPont. I don't know why it's at a big discount. There may I didn't see any news. Those would be two that would be interesting because if those deals are going to close, you have a pretty significant opportunity to make money in any market. But I don't, I'll, I'll say once again, there may be some news that I'm not familiar with that explains why that, that uh, discount exists. And the only other thing, Mitch, that I could point to, I, I run this diverging liquid passive portfolio. It's a dynamic portfolio that uses criteria that I've set up that I want to go look for where passive money is leading and where there's a significant supply-demand divergence that offers opportunity. There's one in it. That <laughs> tells you how bad the market is. There's nothing to trade, but this is interesting. Shockwave, I, you know, why? I don't know why Shockwave is doing fine, but if you look at Shockwave here and the supply-demand equation, notice it, the stock rose when everything else fell. Well, it's got rising demand and supply that is right at trend. That could produce gains, but again, going into options expirations, I'm very cautious. That's like a black hole. You cannot see the other side of derivatives trades that are occurring over the counter. And so that's why they're so challenging. You know, you, we can see how things are trading on exchanges. What we can't see is the 50% of the derivatives market that is over the counter, and it creates great risks. But that's, those are the only things I could find, Mitch. Hey, it's a tough market on out there, that's for sure. But definitely come out there, guys, on Wednesday, 10.35 a.m. Eastern. Tim Quas will join us, go a little bit deeper into uh, Market Structure Edge. And thank you for joining us, like always, for Market Structure Mondays. Happy to be with you guys. Good to see you. Have a good week. Thanks, Tim. All right, guys, let's go ahead. Let's talk a little bit of, about China stocks before we get to the bell here. I don't know if you guys see anything with the overall charts, Joel. You can always mention there. Um, but did want to kind of mention Chinese stocks are down right now after re-lockdown mentions. Um, there's a, a bunch of these stocks that are now sh uh, showing some downside here in pre-market. And they uh, were really down in China markets. So let's take a look there. NIO is another one to kind of mention. And I think, you know, with these re-lockdowns, it's just danger, danger now coming back into it. So, uh uh, it was another fabulous selling opportunity last week. You know, when their when your stock starts taking off like Alibaba and goes up seventeen percent in one day, what do you do in a bear market? You sell it, and here you are three days later, and it gives it all back. So again, when you get the big pop in your stock, and we're in a bear market, you sell. That is what you do. And again, sellers rewarded blindly shorting the rip works again. I mean, this, um, it, you just got to understand the overall environment. So I just don't see any reason to come in and say this is the bottom at 380 and we're all going to, you know, go and we're all going to go back to all time highs. So if you take all time highs off the table, what are you coming in for? I mean, yeah, Alibaba's oversold, but it's all kinds of other problems too. I think you just got to blindly take the money and run when your stock rips higher on news. A uh, little bit of a potential gap fill here. I'll just give you that. Uh, 104.46 fills the gap. Just the problem is, is the next daily low is 99.42. Uh, the, with the momentum this has with the extremes, I think that even could be a little bit early. Uh, so we'll see under that, uh, not much support under that, uh, that gap fill. Next daily low, 99.42. I guess the best thing looking right is if this, next couple days can finally hold a hundred have a few sustained closes over a hundred for alibaba uh but just bad news coming out of there with uh continued lockdowns and massive uh massive covet testing so overnight move in it to win it then again with uh alibaba or in it to lose it depends on what your position <laughs> is for uh for alibaba well, be careful with those bars because uh, uh, Beijing's local government said that the outbreak was linked to a popular bar. So uh, be careful with those popular bars, I guess. Uh, let's go towards here. Uh, Chad's mentioning Roku. Can we mention Roku? Yeah, let, let's go to it. But here, really quickly, here, the absurdity wanna... of the rumor yes. from last week, again, yeah, giving mean, you an opportunity to descend to stupidity. <laughs> Pure stupidity that this was going to get bought by netflix it's not happening you know maybe in the maybe i'm wrong maybe it will happen the odds is happening are very 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 low 
Netflix has their own problems. The last thing they want to do is play nosebleed valuation for Roku. But anyways, last week, rumor, Roku's going to buy, or Netflix's going to buy Roku. Take the stock from 85 to $105. Three days later, it gives it all back. Sell nosebleed stocks on all reps. Yeah, that's how it's been lately. Uh, let's take a look at what earnings we'll get after the bell. Uh, we get Oracle and Braze. Uh, maybe let's take a look at Oracle to see. I know a lot of people will be expecting to see that earnings report. Wow. What are you guys seeing here on the chart, and how do you guys feel about Oracle? It's a value stock, which is the good news. The bad news is, is that we have seen value tech just getting hammered as well. So mm-hmm. I think there's some value in Oracle. I actually... Didn't even realize that I had sold my Oracle, but I looked at my portfolio and it's gone. I don't know when I sold it. I can't remember, <laughs> but I've nice sold ones. it. I'm sure I've sold in the last year, so I'm sure I've sold it higher. I'm actually looking to rebuy my Oracle. I think if it gets down to $60, I think I will rebuy my Oracle. So it's coming to a point where actually, you know, they're starting to get some value in a stock like this. This is more, at least you know you got a floor. You're buying stuff like Roku, where it's trading, you know, whatever, 90. Yeah, you have no earnings. idea. Yep. At least, you know, when you're buying stuff that's got cash flow, making money, at least there's a floor somewhere, and the floor isn't zero. So Oracle's not going to zero. There is a lot of other stocks that are. So if I am buying any stocks, I'm buying stocks of companies that have cash flow. Kramer's been saying this. He's absolutely right on this part. You know, buying stocks, making money, have cash flow because they do have a floor. I don't know where that floor is, but it's not zero. So that's the good news. The bad news is the stock continues to go down. I think 60. I kind of like the 60 level, Joel. Maybe I'll throw it out to you, but yeah, I'm looking at yeah. putting this one back in the long-term portfolio. Yeah, um, uh, new low of the move here. Uh, prior low was 66.75, and you're trading below that on 24,000 shares. Uh, this one, you know, maybe going into the report, right, did, uh, you know – People will be like, you know, ah, they could because it, it usually sells off into the reports, and then a lot of times, good report. Obviously, I remember this day when it went absolutely bonkers uh, that it made the all time high. Uh, that was a that was actually a day when it got into a hundred briefly. That was on the earnings report. But uh, Dennis, which you're referring to um, on the monthlies, yeah. Uh, yeah, three lows around the sixty area, uh, going back to Dece of uh, twenty. January and February 21. So that, that's good levels and uh, about six bucks away. Uh, but I expect to see a little bit more, you know, a little bit more strength in this one today. Just heading in uh, to the report. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to go ahead and wrap on up here. It's sure. 9 a.m. here, guys. Definitely pay attention. There's going to be a lot going on out there. Of course, a lot of focus going towards Wednesday and that FOMC meeting. Uh, Joel Alconin will definitely be going through some tickers. So if you guys want to go ahead and join Joel, he'll be on pre-market prep plus, uh, who's the guest for today, Joel, you got one. Uh, I was going to have Brent on briefing with Brent, uh, but he's a little under the weather today. So I'll just Brent, rip, Brent. rip it through some symbols, uh, but, uh, check in with you guys later on and, uh, go get them triple D. Well, maybe uh, Brenty's the one checking all those Redbox movies out. <laughs> it's it's one of those days where, you know, you hit on a little bit of bad news and, you know, they're on the wrong side of a trade. It's one of those days where I felt like I kind of had a call rate, but I still make money. You're going to have those days. It kind of ticks you off when you actually call the market, though, and then you lose money and you're like, you just did it wrong. So, I mean, that's, you know, so I'm obviously, you know, bummed today. Um, obviously, the long-term investment portfolio continues to get hammered. I'm, you know, 44% cash and it just gets hammered anyways. I can't imagine being a fully invested in this market. Um, it's It's yeah. got to be awful because, you know, now my long-term investment portfolio, I think like, I think I'm 15 or 16% off the highs. And I've been half cash the whole time. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I, I have to look and see what I'm off the highs. It might even be 20% off the highs, but it's just, you know, the 20% S&P doesn't do it justice. It doesn't feel like we're down only 20% on stocks. It feels like it's a lot worse. And like, I've been half cash and I think I'm close to that. So, I mean, if you got anything that's got remote risk to it, some of these stocks down 40, 50%. It's not the end of the world. We're not in the end of times. Um, I do think, you know, if you've been sitting on 100% cash, congratulations. You've been absolutely correct. I wish I was 100% cash. Hindsight Capital is always 2020. Um, I do think if you're sitting on 100% cash, I think you got to slowly start nibbling on good companies. I gave you one Oracle today. 
That's what I'm looking at. If it continues to go down, I think the 60 level, if you could do to go wrong at 65, I don't think so. But I just think you got to stay away from stocks that are trading 60, 70, 80 times earnings yet because those multiples are still retracting. It's going to be something definitely to keep on watch out there. I'll let you go ahead and go into the market, Dennis. You do what you do best. And that's thanks, Matt. You're doing a great job, buddy. All right, let's go ahead. We're going to go and wrap on up pre-market prep. But like always, guys, uh, this is only for educational purposes, only not to be used as investment advice and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga and hosts and guests may maintain positions in the security discussed. Up next, we'll be getting into some live trading action. So stick around, guys. I know all you Redbox traders wanted to talk about it. So come on over to live trading. I know Zunaid, Ryan, and I will definitely cover it. So we'll go ahead and continue going throughout the day. And don't miss, guys, today I'm going to continue on with my brand new show, Stock Market Movers. That's at 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. We'll be having Thomas Hayes definitely uh, stick around, guys. One of the things with this show is that we're going to be bringing the expert opinions just like we do on pre-market prep. We had an expert opinion, Tom, uh, Tim Quast. We're going to continue going. So I'll see you guys there. That'll be at 1 p.m. But up next... Let's get on over to some live trading action and go make some money, guys. I hope that you guys have a great day and keep on mind. It's a choppy market on out there. I expect to see some more chop. We've already gotten a big decline in pre-market. We'll see what happens here towards the bell. Keep battling on out there, guys, and keep working on your trading. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.